Now, if I'm out of town, my crew take care of your bodies The more the merrier, point and spray the area Niggas is quick to bury your punk niggas fill up every Guns make up superior cats, start acting scary Your situation get hairy, yo You know who killing it, niggas saying they militant The only blood in the street is when the government's spilling it You can have a handgun or a cannon And you still sort of the damning without the knowledge and wisdom and understanding My name is Josh Alvarez I'm Liam O'Donnell and you're listening to episode 171 of Cinepunks. Cinepunks. All right. We're doing episode 171 of Cinepunks. What's up, Liam? Good to hear your voice again. <laughs> Good to hear yours, Josh. It's we, We've been um, recording and putting stuff out more regularly. So people might think like, oh, they're talking a lot. But like once we're not recording, we've been really busy. I feel like we only text yeah. like once a week now. And I'm, I it's, miss it. Well, we no, I still text you all the time. It's just... Uh, I mean, to be clear, you're the one person I text as much as I text Melani, but like, it's just been fucking smash and grab, baby. It's been it's been running this whole week. I've been busy as fuck, but let's well, save that for the mat. Yeah, we'll get um, into a little bit of that. I'm sure we'll get into even more details on our Patreon exclusive show, <laughs> Lunch with Liam. But before we Liam. get into talking about the Patreon, let's just say today's episode is going to be a, a rare look. At a very new movie, a movie that just came out that we both saw that we wanted to honestly, we just want to take time occasionally to talk about a new movie. I don't know that this movie is particularly important to the you know annals of cinema or some crazy thing like that, but I was like, well, I know I'm going to see it. I know Josh is going to see it. So let's talk. Yeah, about let's it. get into it. What movie would that be, Liam? John Wick Chapter Four. Holy shit. Oh, man. Right. Boom. Kaboom. John Wick, chapter four. The 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 Jonathan Wick. Jesus Christ. Jonathan. So good. So good. All right. Before we get into that, though, we would like to thank the people who support us on Patreon, because without you, we wouldn't be able to keep this operation going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for um, giving your hard-earned money to us. You could have given it any, anywhere else. But you decided to to help support the old Cinepunks, and we truly, from the bottom of our hearts, appreciate it. Um, We're trying to give more uh, Patreon-exclusive content on a regular basis. To some degree, we're succeeding. To some degree, we're still failing, which is, you know... I I think we're succeeding more than failing. Especially, I I just did that new thing with Adriana. That was pretty cool. What's funny is, I just realized I have to send you that to hear because yeah. you're not on our patreon so I i'm to not send you i'm that not audio for you to hear it uh <laughs> but yeah like we just did that i we would love feedback on that by the way if you are a patreon supporter and you've heard that new thing if that if you're wondering why i haven't said the name we haven't come up with a cool name for it yet but we will uh so right now it's called unnamed patreon project uh but nice uh, what's but, the topic so, of it so the plan is it's going to be like a rotating cast. So like once me and Adriana have done like two or two or three, so uh-huh. we sort of established a pattern, then other people can jump in with other people, you know, so whatever. And the idea is each person picks five songs that they want to share with the other person. And the requirement is that the other person has to be relatively unfamiliar with, with those, at least the song, if not the artist, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh, and uh-huh. so then the idea is the recording is us going back and forth, talking about the five songs chosen by the other person. And it's sort of like, it's a version of um, any other kind of like music podcast where you are discussing specific tracks. But in this case, it's much more about like sharing something with someone and like, why did I choose this particular thing to share with you? And you know, a, it explores to some extent 
why those songs are personal, like why we care about them and how the other person kind of responds to them. So for Adriana, this last one we did, I picked mostly like crossover thrash kind of hardcore songs because I know Mm. that's her vibe. And we've talked about that previously. And she picked more of like a variety of songs that were kind of songs that were more special to her, you know, and Mm. it was really fun because it was a like uh, interesting variety. And each of us had of the five songs one song the other person chose that we were like oh i don't like that one but the rest i really like and even then it wasn't like we really didn't like but for me you know spoiler uh she chose something that i know you love she chose a uh nitzareb song yeah that's not my vibe i wasn't into it actually i don't like nitzareb oh is that right is it nitzareb i never know how to pronounce it i don't know i i mean that was one of those few bands that like I just didn't understand and knew that Henry Rollins had a tattoo of the Knights of Rap yeah, logo. So I was yeah. like, oh, okay, that's cool. But beyond that, no idea. Yeah, it's uh, for me, it was just, it was not bad per se, but it was just not something I uh, like really vibed with, you know, which I kind of knew might be the case. I didn't know the song that she shared with me, but I had heard the band before. So mm. it, that was one of the few I was familiar with. So anyways. All that to say, yes, we want to say thank you to our patrons. We're also trying to like talk y'all who aren't patrons into checking it out. Uh, so head to patreon.com backslash cinepunks. Uh, there's a whole bunch of different levels you can join at. You get access to the uh, uh, bonus Patreon content. Patreon exclusive content. Yeah, re- regardless of your level, like everybody gets access. So, uh, you know, check it out. We'd love your support. Uh, we also, of course, want to thank our friend Chris Reject and all the wonderful people who work with him at Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. Uh, if you head over to xlvacx.com, you can check out some of the amazing uh, work that they do as a screen printing shop um, and and know that it's not just that they do quality work at an affordable price, but they're fun to work with. I mean, Chris is a pain in other ways, but when it comes to a working <laughs> relationship, he's actually one of the best sort of working partners I've ever had. Uh, of course, as a partner, as an employee, he's a horrible tyrant that I, you know, I hope everyone there has formed a union and forced him to not pay them more because he actually pays really well just to be less of a jerk off. Like that would be my, I would, <laughs> that union, would be a union. Meeting. I would unionize. And again, it's not that he's not nice. He's just annoying. So it would just be like things like be less annoying would be one of the union things. You know? <laughs> the union demands. I'd be We're like, have a strike. I, I would an be annoyance like, strike. I'd be like, I'd willing to get paid a little less an hour. If you could be for every 10 cents, you take off my check. If you could be 50% less annoying. <laughs> we also want to thank our friend, Aaron Dalvek at Essex coffee roasters. Aaron's been a huge supporter and friend for so long now. And he is awesome. He makes beautiful roasted coffees. And if you're a fan of good coffee without pretense, he is the company for you. So head to EssexCoffeeRoasters.com, order yourself some uh, coffees, maybe some teas, maybe some T-shirts. And at uh, checkout, you could write C-I-N-E-P-O-N-X in the coupon code box and get a 10% off of your entire order. So head over to Essex Coffee Roasters. Let Aaron know that you came because we told you to and everybody wins. So love, love that love that, love that. Uh, mm-hmm. and of course this episode uh is edited and mastered by our friend sharky over at mechanicalsharkmedia.com uh sharky does media that's it's in the name that's what he does if you have an idea for a project head on over there uh check in with him he can help with all manner of uh media production and he'd like to know if uh if you're someone that he could collaborate with so check it out mechanicalsharkmedia.com uh, I guess All that's right. it for the, that's it for the ads. Although Chris always likes to say a little extra, so I will say uh, Chris also runs a, a a company through LVAC called Dry Rot, where they do cool shirts. 
check it out at Merchbin. Uh, while you're on Merchbin, there's a number of bands he does merch for, including the Hearst Collective, Iron Sheik, uh, other bands I don't know. Gloss. Gloss. Oh, right. Gloss. But there's another band. What's that band? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, there's a oh. bunch of bands on there. Some punk bands, some emo bands, stuff that you might like. For me, I basically have every piece of gloss merch and every <laughs> piece of her. Well, I used to. None of it fits anymore, so I don't have any of that stuff. Right, but, uh, right. But right. I used to have every piece of uh, Here's Collective and gloss merch they made. I I, I got it eventually because it's so good. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Uh, merch bin. And then while you're on Merch bin, check out his his side project dry rot where they do wrestling movie and music shirts including yeah. a sonic youth shirt that looks really cool that i and i got a green day shirt that i wore to monster mania con and people were like is that a kerplunk shirt by green day and i was like it is holla at your boy dry rot. <laughs> love it yep. love it love it okay uh i guess now we got to do whack it on track if you're gonna yell that loud, you gotta. Was that too close? Was that the, too close to you, the microphone? You probably blew out everything that exists. You're welcome. My guess. You're welcome. I was surprised my whole computer didn't shut. <laughs> so what's up, Liam? What have you done lately that has been whack? And what have you done lately that has been on Triac? Um. Well, I'll go ahead and say not a ton. And part of my whack is just um, it's that time of year where everyone I feel like is just kind of sick. So I've been a teeny bit sick, not too bad. Maeve was sick for a few days. Sue's is sick now. I don't like that. I just, it's one of my frustrations in life, right? Is just a feeling of like, why do we all have to be sick at the same time? Especially a time of year when I want to be feeling more positive, right? I want to be like stoked on life. And instead I'm kind of bummed, right? Uh, but that being said, I did a few on track things, uh, mm -hmm. one of which was, of course, what we're talking about today, went and saw John Wick 4, which is great. Uh -huh. We'll talk more about that. But right after John Wick 4, I didn't drive from the, uh, the Logan Theater in Chicago where I saw it uh, back to my house. I drove to another neighborhood in Chicago to see a basement show put on nice. by our friend Nick at New Morality Zine. Uh, if you guys don't know, New Morality Zine started off as a zine, uh, and then they put out some friends' music, and then now it functions more as a label than a zine. I think he hasn't put a zine out for like a year. So yeah. it's like, uh, it's it's more of a, of a label than it is anything else. And he does a variety of stuff. Uh, some hardcore stuff, some more adjacent stuff. He definitely likes some shoegaze, some things that sound kind of like Deftones-y. Uh, and then he's got a band from Montreal on the label now called Spite House that is mm. on tour in the U.S. Now, Josh, I, I'm assuming you didn't catch their Philly show. Right? Did you? I did not get a chance to, no. But I do love that record very much. You missed out, my friend, because now that I've seen them live, I can say this band is great. But I already love the record, but seeing them live. So this show was... Um, you know, I don't know. The flyer didn't have a name for the venue. I don't know what the name of the venue is. I don't. It's the kind of venue that maybe they don't promote, right? Because mm. when I showed up to the venue, it's really like a like a corner shop, uh, and it's not even a shop. It's like a photo studio. Uh, and then in the basement of this business, I guess uh, this the person who owns it uh, rents it out for like band practices and stuff. So they only recently started doing shows there. Uh, I'm hoping this show wasn't too lit for them. Um, and by lit, I literally mean like um, someone puked in the sink. Um, oh, no. And this is a building with only one bathroom. And it's also a bathroom in which there's just a sink and a toilet. So like just turn around and puke in the toilet instead. Like what the fuck? But 
uh, you know, Nick Nick is an is an edgeman like me, and I think sometimes edgemen like don't know where to set the boundaries for the show. So he's like, you know, oh, you can bring stuff, whatever, but keep it chill. And I think people brought too much stuff, and so ah. so people got a little lit. And to be fair, while Spite House isn't a band that makes me think of particularly lit stuff, in fact, I I wouldn't be surprised if the gentlemen in Spite House were formerly in like heavy bands because that's sort of the vibe. Like these are these are older dudes who have played in hardcore bands. And now this is like not hardcore really. Spite House is like kind of walking that line, like maybe melodic hardcore, maybe more like adjacent stuff, whatever. Uh, but like they they are the kind of dudes who clearly at one point were in more heavy bands. The rest of the lineup was much more like uh kind of indie rock folks, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh that's fine. Like musically it wasn't it didn't it's not that it didn't fit, but there was a much more of a party atmosphere. In fact, one of the bands who just signed to Numerality is a band called Demo Division, who I think is actually pretty good, uh kind of raucousy, kind of reminds me of a more jangly version of like Webbed Wing, but like a mm-hmm. similar vibe to that. But uh they are even bigger fans of the weed than Webwing are, and they love the weed the weed as well. And so right. they even have a very catchy, very fun weed song that maybe I would have liked the weed song, except for during the weed song, everyone blows out their weed in the basement ah. where there's no ventilation. And I was like, This fucking sucks. <laughs> that stinks. Yeah, and it's a shame because the band is very good. And I just think like here's my vibe. Obviously, I'm an edgeman, so I want to judge everybody. In reality, like I get it. You like weed. That's fine. You know, Josh, you, you enjoy weed too. That's a thing. I en- I enjoy the Chiba. Yeah. This is but true. I just think smoking anything in a in small enclosed space with no ventilation, mm. it's just fucking rude, man. It's a rude thing to do. And edibles are right there. Like I get that it doesn't have the same visual effect of everyone blowing out their fucking <laughs> shitty vapes. I, also, if you're gonna have a weed vape adding some weird cherry smell to it. It doesn't take away the weed smell, guys. Like it just smells yeah. like you put Well, no, but that's just because of the weed. flavor. People like the flavor, you know? Well, it smells like shit and it makes yeah. me want to die. So well, how about all vape that? does though, doesn't it? Like yeah. I've never been in a vape adjacent area or store and thought to myself, you know, this, this is awesome. Yeah. of uh, fruity pebbles and uh vape smells lovely. Like no, mm-hmm. never not once. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I don't know, not my thing. So uh, just a quick name, some of the openers. Uh, first band was Nico Blue, local Chicago band, very sort of jangly indie stuff. I thought it was cool. Um, I don't know that I, I walked away a huge fan, but it was pretty neat. Uh, Illusion of Choice is um, another band kind of walking the line between uh, indie rock and post-hardcore, kind of a mix of the two. But the dude has like a, an echo effect on his voice. That on the mm. recording, I didn't mind, actually. Like, I've heard their stuff, their demo, and thought it was okay. But mm. live, it was getting on my nerves, but yeah. like, I couldn't do it. So I, I jetted out and went to a bodega because I needed, like, a drink and a snack. Mm. And then, like I said, Demo Division is fun. I don't love the weed vibe, but that's, like, that's me. That's not that, yeah. right? So I can't That's really the record you sent there. me. I do like that record. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, And, and it's just, like... It's just like at the show, I was kind of like, well, this is a little overwhelming right now. But uh, but they, I'm, I'm glad they signed to Numerality. I think they'll be good for the label, whatever, whatever. And then Spite House, you know, that's a band that rocks. It's a three piece, right? So, you know, it. it, 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 it could I like sound. using the word trio instead of three piece because sure. three piece makes me think of chicken. But go on. 
That's the weirdest reason I've heard in a while, but sure. Yeah. Same thing with two piece. <laughs> You're so strange. Uh, yeah, it's a trio, uh, but they still have a pretty big sound for that. Like I was kind of surprised and uh, just a lot of energy, just really fun live. I don't know. I, I really like the band. If people haven't checked out the Spite House record that came out of numerality zine or the EP before that, I just think they're really good. And, you know, there are, this is their first tour in the U S from Montreal. And I hope people checked them out. I know this show wasn't, empty but it wasn't packed either i mean it was a basement show so like you know how many people are going to show up anyway but uh i hope the rest of their tour was really good because i think that band really deserves to blow up i just think they're really great so that was fun thanks to nick for booking the show i haven't been to a basement show for a long time that was kind of like a fun nostalgia as far as other things um i finally caught cocaine bear uh-huh it's fun it was a fun it's time fine. yeah it's funny like I've seen people who like are in love with it and it, you know, I just didn't vibe with it that hard it, I, for some reason. I thought it was going to be even funnier than it was. And while it was definitely funny, it wasn't like that funny. Uh, but I also didn't hate it. Like I saw people who were super fucking bummed on it and I yeah. don't understand that either. Like it just, it was fine. I wish it had pushed the envelope a little more than it did. It's basically what it pulls down yeah. to is that I wish that it pushed the envelope in either direction, either gorier or funnier. Agreed. And that's, it felt really down the middle. Yeah. And this is a movie about a bear that does cocaine and doesn't yeah. die. Cause that's what happened to the bear in real life. It just died. <laughs> so this is a bear who lives through doing cocaine. And then like, there's lots of other coke. I mean, the kids do cocaine in the movie. Yeah. So like yeah. there's the, the movie's clearly supposed to be ridiculous, but it kind of plays it a little, don't be wrong. Some of the bear attacks are fun, but all the best parts of the bear attacks are in the trailer. I feel. Like. Yeah. I agree. And so I just feel like, I don't know. It kind of held back a little bit. So I didn't hate it. It was it was fine, but I just thought it was going to be more than what it was. Uh, and that's about it. I did want to mention really quick. Um, there are two shows. I finished uh, that show that I've been talking about, The Owl House. Mm. Uh, that show basically got canceled. And so they're kind of wrapping up the final bits of the show in two in three hour long episodes as opposed to a full season. I know the creator of the show was really frustrated with that. Um, because the show is so LGBTQ, a lot of people were feeling like maybe Disney was trying to like limit their exposure on this stuff because it's becoming more politically uh, volatile. Yeah. Uh, the creator didn't feel that way. The creator just felt it was a number, at least in the interview she gave, she felt it was more of a numbers thing that like they just weren't getting the same viewership that other shows were getting. But on streaming, I don't know why that fucking matters. Like, I, I don't know how they measure that shit, really. So I don't know what the deal is. But the deal is the show is canceled and it really needed at least another season. Uh, I don't think that means you shouldn't watch it. I'm just letting people know that, like, I'm a little frustrated that there's only one more. And, I've you know, of that last season of three shows, they've put out two. So I've watched those two and I know there's only one more show. And they're not going to be able to do everything I want them to do in that last show, you know, and that's not mm. their fault. You know, that's yeah. just Disney shutting it down. So that's a bummer that bums me out. But uh, but it's good. I still think people should watch it. And then we also started a show on Netflix. that's relatively new called My Dad, the Bounty Hunter. And my frustration with this, Josh, is that this show is in the realm of children's television. Very well done, like well written, well animated, pretty exciting, fun show. It's not groundbreaking or anything like I think Al House got attention, not just because it's well written, but because of representation issues and things like that, like just its willingness to be open to those things. 
Uh, my dad, the bounty hunter, maybe isn't doing anything like that per se, although, you know, it is an African-American family, which maybe people don't see in sci-fi dramas a lot. Mm. Uh, but just when it comes to the quality of the show, it's really good and no one is talking about it. And I get it like it's a kid show, but there is even there are media outlets that cover kid shows. And I haven't seen anyone like talking about this show. And it's really weird to me. And now, granted, I'm only four episodes in, so maybe it drops the ball at some point. But so far, me and Suze have been, like, really impressed with it. So, like, again, I know a lot of our listeners don't have kids. I don't know that you need to watch this if you have kids. But <laughs> yeah. if you do have kids, which some of them do, check out My Dad the Bounty Hunter on Netflix. I was surprised at how good it was. I just picked it randomly. <laughs> Honestly, I'm sick of watching the same episodes of uh, That Girl Lele over and over again because that's what Maeve wants to watch. So right. I, uh, I I made us watch this, and we're, like, really into it already. So. Uh, yeah, if you if you have kids, check it out. Oh, and the last thing I need to mention, just really quick, Maeve insisted I mentioned that we watched uh, the Descendants two, ah, Disney Channel, Disney movie. John, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I didn't, I don't like it, but she just wanted. She's like, "Are you going to talk about Descendants two on the podcast?" And I'm like, "Yeah, baby, I'll talk about it." I, I mean, I will say <laughs> it's got lots of fun dancing. I like fun dancing. I mean, what's like, the whole? Is it like children of like bad people and the villains in Disney movies or something? Like, I don't know what it is. Yo, it's straight up. It's something like that. I don't really understand. They're in high school. They go to a high school. I mean, I didn't see the first one, so I don't know why I'm supposed to be talking about the second one. But it's like, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it, it's sort of like there's a high school that's for the good kids, but some of the villain kids get in and now they're all friendly and, and then but they're trying to I don't know. Anyway, I didn't really watch all of it either. I did make food and stuff. Whatever. doesn't matter. I just wanted to do what Babe said. Okay. What's right. up, Josh? Oh, nothing, man. You know, just live. Stop it. <laughs> so um, I don't know. Did we talk about the plays that I went and saw last weekend? We sure did. We did. Yes. Yes. Okay. So um, saw those. And then I'm trying to think of like when the last. So the last things that I did, there was a lot. Um, I went to creep records yesterday. I took the day off from work. So as to shoot the second rock and roll video for the cross keys for the song on the upcoming LP cross keys believes in you. We hit, we did a video for the song Vena park, which is a song that I wrote for my friend Bruce park. And, um, we rock, we did a video in the basement. The concept was this Liam, let me tell you, it's a, a basement show at creep records <laughs> And uh, nobody comes, right? Mm -hmm. It's just us in there. And Bruce is our door guy. So the whole video is Bruce sitting at the door trying to cajole people to coming into the show. Um, and then yeah, nobody comes. So Bruce clicks his clicker. So it says one on it. And then he pays the $5 at the door that he's holding. And then he goes to the show. And then, and then Liam, the joy was for the rest of the day. We just kind of pretended to play as one does in a rock and roll video. And then Bruce had to mosh the whole day. And I we just, I actually love that. I think that's really great. It is so funny. Cause it's just him by himself in the basement with us, you know, and we were like yelling direction at him the entire day. And let me tell you how fun it is to have Bruce park there. And you're like more picking up the change, more floor punching Bruce. Bruce, you're not doing the pizza spinner, right? Dude. It was, so funny. I think I laughed for like nine hours straight. 
It was incredible. And then there was pizza and, um, it was just, it was a fun day. I don't know. It's, it's one of those things. Like, I don't ever think I'm going to have a chance to do that. So every time we do it, it's like, this is the last one. Everybody have as much fun as you can. And you know, listeners of the show know your boy, Josh is a champion of fun. So I was leaning into it and it was super good times. Um, and then after that, like we wrapped the video and then Bruce and I dipped and we went to, um, the hardcore pride weekend at, um, we saw, we went to the mind Force. Oh, show. you went. Okay, cool. I did. How was that? Well, it was at the West Kensington ministry. Do you know where that is? I do actually. Uh, we, I, when I was still in Philly working with, uh, Philly hardcore shows and booking shows, there was a couple times I tried to book shows there and nothing really worked out till after I moved out of Philly. Uh, I think Chris booked a show there a while ago. Uh, but um, the guy who used to be the pastor there, me and Suze knew him through pastor shit. You know, like uh-huh. it was one of those times where my worlds were colliding, you know, because usually my church world and my hardcore world have nothing to do with each other. And when they started booking shows there, like they tried to book a show there years ago, I was like, oh, I know that guy. I think that guy had to leave, though. I think they have a new person there, but I, I could be wrong. But I know where that square is because across from there, there's like a education center that does stuff for kids and i volunteered there with groups from broad street before that's awesome i was also uh a block away from the block where i used to live at 1925 north howard street sure yeah so going back to that hood for a hardcore show was a weird moment has that Um, area gotten gentrified at all like the last time i was there it was still kind of like on the edge Oh, it's uh, still bad there. You know what I mean? Like that's on the other side of the L where the gentrification hasn't quite reached yet. Well, that studio space, though, there's a warehouse. So like, you know how there's kind of a neighborhood around that park and you have to mm. go past that neighborhood to even know there's a park back there. Yeah. On that edge by the train station, there's a big warehouse that was all studio space. And I had multiple friends who got gentrified out of that space. Yeah. But even at the time, this was years ago, but at the time we all thought, this is preemptive. This neighborhood is not improved enough for all these people to be kicked out of this warehouse. You know what I mean? Cause they were going to turn yeah. it into like lofts or some shit. And we're all like, no one's going to buy these lofts yet. You need to wait another 10 years before you can get this kind of money, but they did it <laughs> anyway. So I didn't know if that yeah. project had failed or like if people, I, I mean, there or not. it's funny. We rode by there. Um, cause Melani and I had a uh, dinner at laser wolf a couple days ago and that was pretty oh, long, sure. but that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's on Howard street. But, um, that warehouse, I, it didn't look any different. And when I lived there, I know Lifetime played a show there during This Is Hardcore the one year. And uh, I didn't go because I was like, I have to wake up for work tomorrow. Sorry, guys. It's like, man, what a dummy. But now I went back to the hood, the old hood. And um, yeah, man, it was wild in there. It was a good ass time. There was like a bunch of people. And it was like, it looked crazy. I was like, whoa, no shit. But um, so we got there and... um. I only stayed for like the first four bands or so just because I was like shooting the video all day and Bruce is good to stay for the rest of the night, but I, I couldn't do it. And, um, I saw pain clinic, um, of which the one guy was wearing a hard turf t-shirt, but he's friends with Pete who plays in hard turf with us. And he's also, um, a jujitsu dude. So I guess that's what pain clinic is in reference to. And then, uh, we saw a band called almighty watching, and then Burning Strong was next, and they were fun. And then Carbonite, who I guess the one guy in Carbonite is the dude who booked the whole thing because it was part of like a record label. Yeah. No, it's related to that. I forget the name of the record label, but it's a label. So for people who don't know, 
there's a really strong relationship between Philly and Florida. It's like really a cross pollination. And part of that's Bob Wilson. Yeah. Uh, going down and living down there for a while and coming back. Uh, part of he books FYA in Florida, you know, from Philly. And there are even bands that share members in Philly and in Florida. So like that there's a label out of Florida that has connections to Philly. So that's why they did the event up here in Philly. And I think yeah. it, you know, if you like a certain kind of show and a certain kind of band, a lot of bands that are considered like important have put stuff out with this label. Yeah. 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 It, it was fun. I mean, like after that was a band named Scarab that are new. Oh yes. I've heard and that demo. That demo is incredible. And I watched them and the kids went off. Kevin Hare was throwing down. It was insane. We had, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was fun to watch. The band was really good and they're pretty tight. And then after that, I just was like, yo dogs, I got a dip. I've had it. <laughs> like, I'm donezo. And I left and I went home. And that was the end of that night for me. But so I did you, get a Mind so Force you, T-shirt, but I didn't get I didn't get to watch them. So you missed the clip the the moment that has become the clip that has set the internet aflame. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of people are real upset, but uh, they're real upset, y'all. And for me, I think that um, the 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 person who represents my feeling on this the most was a friend of the show, uh, uh, Amanda. You know, uh, Sharky's lady friend who. Just tweeted, people in hardcore need other interests, so they stop talking about just hardcore all the time. <laughs> and I think, like, that's fair, uh, which isn't to say I am picking a side in this debate, though I am more inclined towards the mind force you should be at a show side. I do understand there are limitations of, you know, disability and things like that. Like, I get it. But it's more like I'm just tired of all of us beating each other up online about what is and isn't hardcore. It's just, I don't know how this is interesting to people. Like, I, I understand why music is interesting. I understand why shows are fun. But trying to, like, ontologically decide what the nature of this thing is, especially considering, like, we're so far from there. Like, think about the first time, you know, what was it? Uh, the the DOA uh, Hardcore 81 record, right? Yeah. Think about the distance from that to even just Marauder. And Marauder is 30 years old, right? Like yeah. the distance from when this thing started to now is so far and involves so much variety that trying to get to the essence of it, it's just, it's become a boring conversation for me. So like <laughs> the fact that people are all arguing online about it, I just think shows are cool. And if you can go to a show, cool. Do I also wish that people tried to make it easier to go to shows for people? Yeah, that's also true. But the fact that like, Rather than having a pleasant conversation about this issue, it just immediately became a reason for people to insult each other. And don't get me wrong. You know this, Josh. I'm not like a let's all get along for no reason kind of guy. I'm not saying arguments uh -huh. are always a bad idea. I'm just saying, why is this still the fucking argument we're yelling at each other about? I just find that yeah. boring. At if least we have all an argument have an, worth having. <laughs> yeah. If we all want to have an argument in hardcore about whether we should overthrow the state or not, that's much more interesting to me. But the nature of hardcore, I don't care. You say you're a hardcore band? Cool. Sounds good. Good. Great. <laughs> Fun. I don't care. Whatever. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, I'm so far outside of that discussion that it really, you know. I mean, that's fair. We're also old, so who cares yeah, what you think? But I think it's true. some of the loudest voices are people even older than us, which is a bummer to me. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I'm okay with the conversation. Whatever. You guys talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to go be out here just being dope because that's what I do. I mean, the um, show looked cool. That's all I'm saying. And I kind of yeah, wish I, no, I could have gone. It was fun. It was a good time. Uh, the homie Kaz was in the in the audience eating a, a clamshell styrofoam. Love that thing video. Of rice. That video is so good. 
And he was like, dude, I was waiting for someone to throw it in my face. I was like putting it out there. It's like, everyone's afraid of you, man. No one's going to hit your dinner. But um, it was it was fun. And I got to hang out with Pete, got to hang out with Bruce. And uh, I got to see uh, a couple other homies in the house. So it was fun. And then I just I had to dip, though. I was like, yo, man, I spent all day shooting a rock and roll video for my band that may or may not be hardcore. I I, I got to go home, you know, and then I did. But um, yeah, and that's it. That's all I got. I mean, I think your band is a perfect example, right? Of like, why does it matter? Like you either like to cross keys or you don't. And yeah, I don't know why it would matter what category you fit into, because I think you combine a lot of different shit. Um, for me, I, I'm sad you missed Mind Force. But you got to see Scare, which was the other reason I wanted to go. Yeah. Uh, because I really like that so demo. Good. I really yeah. like that demo. I just think, you know, it's funny because I think people are a little put off by the description, but they really were like, you know, imagine if the guys from Hatebreed tried to make a band that sounded like Left for Dead. That's what we want to do. And I'm like, okay, I think you guys <laughs> got that got pretty close, actually. I think this is yeah. pretty close to what that is. And it's fun, you know. And granted, it's, you know, it's it's not necessarily changing the vibe or anything like that but it's 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 fun for what it is and i think live it would be pretty great so i'm glad you got to check it out yeah it was really fun they were really good but it, it's fun watching kevin Harmosh too i want to put i that agree out i agree <laughs> it's a good time man so yeah so that's all i got cool because um, like the other on track stuff is the fact that we saw john wick now keep in mind this is what happened thursday night it was storming and the tickets that me and Melani got were for the 1030 show because I worked till seven. Right. This movie is two hours and 45 minutes long. And we got to Cherry Hill Lowe's and well, we had dinner and then we went to the show or to the movie. And then the rain caused all the electricity in the Cherry Hill Lowe's to go out, at which point it came back on and delayed everything by 15 minutes. So instead of the movie starting at 1030, it started pretty much at 11 because of the 15 minutes of trailers, mm -hmm. which meant I didn't get home till two in the morning and I had to be at work by nine o'clock the next day or eight 30 or whatever. And, um, it was fine. I was still so hyped the next morning that I didn't need a heroic amount of coffee to survive the day. Cause I was still riding that John wick four high. You know what I'm saying? That. I love it. I love it. All right. I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, I guess we'll take a break right now. We'll come back. We're going to talk about John wick chapter four. And I think in talking about John wick chapter four, kind of about the whole John Wick phenomena, right? Like, yeah, our, our summation of the series. So we'll be right back. All right. After the break.
And we're back. And we're here to talk about 2023's John Wick 4. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Damn straight we are. Mm-hmm. What did you think, Liam? Well, um, you know, I'll, I, I, I'll start with the critical, right, before we just start going on about how awesome it is, because it is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say that I think compared to the other John Wicks, this one is a little light on the world building in that it seems like this one's the first one where they're like, all right, you guys got the picture. It's just going to be action (laughs) now. And I, you know, for me, and I know this isn't a universal take. I I know they're not everyone loves these movies. For me, I love these movies. Not that I think they're perfect, you know, but I, I enjoy all of them. Uh, because mm. I think they are a a sort of a magic trick where it's like we're going to increase and vary the action in in ways throughout the movie. We're going to make it so it almost feels just like a demo reel of stunts, but we're going to inject just enough interesting tidbits so that you still feel like you're watching a movie. There's still plot. There's still surprises. There's still world building and new revelations. There's still mysteries about what exactly is happening at times. And Mm. so like with that first movie, that seems easy in the sense of they kind of had it as a full thought. So the fact that they've been able to pull that off for two more movies, and I, I do think the third one is a little bit better in some ways than the second one, but all three of those movies are really solid to me. They're tons of fun, but there's also like story there. It's, it isn't just, look, Keanu Reeves does stunts for three hours and then the movie's (laughs) over. Like there's stuff happening. This movie has a plot, but it doesn't really deepen the mystery or expand the world at all. And I'm not saying it necessarily has to, but that was my one thought was this is the first one of these four where I didn't feel drawn in more to the story. It felt like what it is, which is a, a denouement. It is the end. It is the 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 wrapping up of of the thing, and and really there's a, a lot fifth of, one on the books on IMDb. That's so weird, right? Like that yeah. can't be real. I I don't understand it. I just don't think that's real. I feel like they just maybe are, you know, hedging their bets that they might do one, but I just don't know how they could follow this up. I mean, it's John Wick, so yes, they could follow it up with a sequel. I just think that that would ruin. This is to me how you end it. This is the end. This is what it yeah. should be at the end. If if what it's going to be is we're supposed to care enough about the hunter that we follow that dude, that dude was cool. He was a good addition. He was really the 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 main sort of expansion in the sense of he's a different kind of character than we've seen otherwise. Mm. But he's not enough to hold another movie. And I don't think I need... Uh, I mean, okay, let's start with this, y'all. This is a. Spo- this is gonna be spoilers. We're not gonna. Yeah. We're not gonna not talk about what happened. We're not so gonna hold back on this one. I'm gonna give you five, four, three, two, one. I like that John's dead. I think yeah. that John needed to die, and this is this is the best way for it to have happened. He was able to honor his obligations, fight in a fucking duel. You know what I mean? Like yeah, and and save his homie. Yeah, and like don't be wrong, like. Does it fit the series if he doesn't die? Sure, it does, but I don't think we need. I don't think we need that, right? Yeah, I think we've done enough of last I think minute that saves. A fifth in- installment would jump the shark. I one hundred percent agree, I, and I'm not saying they won't do it. I'm just saying 
I would prefer them not to. I feel like this yeah. feels like a complete story. And especially because, again, there's only really one complaint here, which is that it feels like while they have not run out of action ideas, and that is something we'll get into in a sec, which is that in a movie that is following three other movies that are at least two hours of unbelievable action sequences with stuff happening that you've never seen before in another movie. Never before have you seen some of these things. The fact that this movie still feels fresh action-wise is an achievement. It's an amazing yeah. achievement. It shows how creative they are. I think they're out of ideas story-wise. I think this is it. There's no further place to go. This felt like very much this movie feels like, hey, guys, this is it for this story. We don't have any new ideas. There's nothing else to do here. We've certainly given you, when if you judge it by the action alone, possibly one of the greatest action films ever made, period. Just in yeah. the... In, some of these sequences are unbelievable, just incredible, incredible shit. And, but I just feel like the story is over and I don't know that there's a next step that will be worth it, especially because even this one felt like a bit of a struggle. I mean, yeah. I don't know about you, but for me, I went into John Wick too, being like, John Wick didn't need a sequel. What the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> and then I left going, it wasn't perfect, but that was pretty great. And then John Wick 3, I thought, oh, come on, now is the time. I'm going to be tired of these movies now. And I like John Wick 3 more than I like John Wick yeah, 2. Like, I just I thought agree. it was awesome. So, like, here we are, John Wick 4. This is the first one where I thought, I think this story is is done. I think we're done with the story. Do I think this team could do a whole different movie and continue their a uh, tradition of doing action that blows my mind. Yeah, obviously, man, they've pulled it off four movies in a row and it's been amazing. Yeah. So I just wanted to put that out there. That's my one critique. I think that, and it's only a critique because I think those first three movies, if you think that all they are is just nonstop action, you're kind of missing that there's a yeah, lot of world building attention there. It, it's not, it's not maybe as emotionally taught as some other kinds of movies. I will say like there are Hong Kong movies that are much more, human while still being also action movies uh but these movies also expand the action in a way that i haven't seen anyone else do i just think they are really they are I, i'll put it this way i can't name a lot of other american movies that are achievements in action the way that these ones are right yeah. like a lot of act, a lot of american action movies i don't care what people say we're just putting up with them they're not really doing anything they're fun but they're not doing anything groundbreaking yeah, they're I not these, pushing the, the chains at all. Yeah, I really think these John Wick movies, not necessarily in just in martial arts, you can, if you're only looking for martial arts, you can find movies that stand up to John Wick. It's the combo of martial arts and with gun, gun fu, fu. Yeah. with all these car chases and shit and all kinds. I mean, just like when he's whipping the car around and shooting the group of people oh, and they're Jesus. getting the drone shot of that shit. That shit's yeah. fucking amazing. And Incredible. someone might be like, oh, that was actually CGI. Well, great. It was one of the few CGI times where I didn't go, oh, this is just CGI. I was taken with every moment of this movie visually. Every speaking. single action sequence had me being like, what the shit, man? Unbelievable just, shit. Oh, my sweet baby. Jesus. So you loved it as much as I did. In fact, I, maybe even more than I did. You thought this it blew you away, right? It's just unbelievable. This is the installment of the John Wick franchise that elevates it above Fast and the Furious for me. Wow, that's crazy because I know how much you love that. I love Part Fast of me is Furious. insulted that you're saying this, but on your scale of things, that's yeah. amazing to me. I love that. It's 100% the truth. This was the one, I mean, like, until Fast 10 comes out and I get to see that, this right now makes John Wick the better franchise in my mind. And um, are you, So you really don't, you really do like 8 and 9. Like, you really are sold on 8 and 9. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't understand that at all. But okay, that's fine. It's I'm not going to. We're not yeah, here yeah. to argue about Fast and the Furious. We're here to <laughs> praise John Wick, and I I can see why you would feel that way because this really does. It's a. It makes it a complete story. Like I really think yeah. a lot of the ideas and themes were wrapped up really well in this movie. I do wish that we had seen the table come down, but I think that the idea that John Wick alone could bring the table down is just stupid. It wouldn't work, right? I, yeah. I think it'd be too much of a stretch. But that said. He did it. And I was here for it. I was like, take that Pennywise. Yep, yep, yeah. 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 Dude, the Clancy Brown showing up at the end. Well, at the beginning and then him being like the judge at the end of the executor of the duel. Loved it. Loved it. Ah, wonderful. How about the fact that Donnie Yen and John Wick are both. Well, John Wick. Okay. Keanu Reeves is 59 and John Yen is six. Donnie Yen is 60 years old. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Incredibly. Dude, Donnie Yen looks like a fucking teenager, which is why. Everybody, Asian peoples, we don't get older. We just get better, son. Holler. (laughs) It's so good. Yo, and what about the Zatoichi bits? Like the Uh blind swordsman stuff? Uh Come on, man. I mean, I wasn't even annoyed with the doorbell trick. (laughs) Right. I I thought that was kind of fun, actually. If anything, him eating when the dude's like, hey, blind man, do what we paid you for. Like that scene. So good. So good. Granted, he's still playing the guy from Rogue One. I'm okay with that. The Force is with him and he's with the Force. I'm okay with this. All of this. Just give it to us. You know what I'm saying? And the sword fighting was so epic and just, dude, it was so much fun. I loved it. It's the Jedi. It's, it's Return of the Jedi for this franchise. It, it, yeah, it really, I mean, to be fair, I don't like Return of the Jedi that much, but I know what you're saying. It, it, was, it was the needed climax. Again, like, I, I don't know that it added much to the world, but again, I think that that is because it's a good ending. And I think a fifth movie really would, like, mess that up. Uh, Donnie and great. I mean, it, it, well, in fact, I'm going to bring up just the whole cast. Yeah. because The pop just, star, that, the, the girl, the daughter of, um, of the guy who was part of the Osaka uh, Continental. Right. Yes, 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 yes. That yes, dude, what's that guy's name? He's in a lot of movies, too. Yeah, hold on. That's what I. That's actually literally why I came in here. Uh, Hiroyuki Sanada, who has yeah. been in such things as um, Avengers Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably a bad example. Uh, Army of the Dead, um, uh, Ring, a <laughs> uh, bunch of stuff. Sorry, I'm on Letterbox for whatever reason. Letterbox is always showing you like the most popular stuff, which is oftentimes the least meaningful. Oh, he was recently in that bullet train movie too, which was, which was, uh, people had mixed feelings. Uh, yeah. Hiroyuki Sanada, him fighting Donnie Yen was amazing. Uh, dude, his daughter was, when Donnie uh, Yen delivers Rina the whole Sawayama and she's a pop star. Yes, she is. It's so funny. Yeah. She but was when really Donnie Yen delivers the line of, uh, even a blind man can see your beat. What? Huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, my sweet can I, baby Can Jesus. I tell you my favorite uh, cameo? Oh, it's not a cameo because it's a full role, but my favorite unexpected showing up, Scott Atkins. My man, Scott Atkins. You know Scott Atkins? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the the action star. People know him as a, as a beautiful action man. Uh, I, I think a lot of people who weren't already obsessed with action cinema started paying attention to him with that ninja movie, uh, Ninja Tears of Something Something. Remember mm. that ninja? I think it was yeah. going to be Ninja 4 Tears of something i, I forget what it's called i own it somewhere but uh 
Uh, and then he, you know, he's got, he's been known for doing a lot of straight to video action stuff. Uh, he's a pretty solid actor, very good performer. Like even on, in the roles where he's not given much to do as an actor, he always is just an unbelievable uh, martial artist and action star. He can do American jumping through explosion stuff. He can do really complicated martial arts sequences. I just think he's a really skilled guy. He's in this shit in a fat suit. Which, you know, I don't usually like fat suits, but I think for this movie, it fucking works. Especially when he's doing the action. Like he, he you and he's really kicking think, all high and stuff. You, you Jesus. really think he's just there to be a joke, which I was like, why would you cast Scott Atkins in this as like a as a joke character? And then he starts fighting and you're like, oh shit. Okay. Yeah. He's like I mean, honestly, I hate to say it because I love the guy who is this. This dude is the kingpin. This is what the kingpin yeah, should be. Because the whole sure. point of the kingpin is that he's a giant fat man who you think can't fight and then he beats your ass. Right. Yeah. And that's what Scott Atkins is doing in this movie. You know, dude. Uh, what about the fact that during that whole fight sequence, everyone's still dancing. Yeah. They like literally don't give a fuck about what's happening around. Our man. Jay does is running through the crowd with indoor rain and hacking people up with an ax. And they're just like, Oh, this is my jam dancing. Huh? All in. They're just dancing away. I get it. I don't know how to dance, but I definitely feel like if I saw someone hit another someone with an axe while I'm dancing, my first idea wouldn't be to keep gyrating. True. Fair. Fair. Just saying. But I still I was still in it. I was like, holy shit. When he pulls his tooth out. Oh, my God. (laughs) What in the fuck is this area? So good. So good. I mean, I, I, you know, I want to acknowledge that I think some people might not love the whole fat suit thing, whatever, whatever. But I think it, for this role, it didn't bum me out only because it's obviously supposed to be a comic book. I mean, that's that's part of my thing with these John Wick movies. Sometimes people watch these movies and they think because Keanu Reeves has like trained with guns that these movies are supposed to be at all real. Let's remember, these guys are blocking bullets with their suit jackets, right? Yeah, they are. Even if your suit jacket was made of Kevlar, if someone shot it that close, it wouldn't help you, right? Like, yeah, just, you'd just be dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the fucking the the trajectory of the thing would hurt you, right? So when they're just holding up their suit jacket to block the bullets so they can get it closer to fight, that should let you know that you're watching a comic <laughs> book movie, right? Like, it's not literally a comic book movie, but it feels it's that kind of world. So I, in that context, I'm okay with Scott Atkins putting on this weird fat suit and fighting, right? And I like that for him. It was a way to kind of like surprise people and to show that he's capable of like. Doing more of a character. I think when you're as good at action as Scott Atkins is, yeah. you get a little pigeonhole where you're just nameless, strong guy in the background. You know, you're just yeah, yeah, yeah. or or you're the star of the movie, which is fine. I'm sure he doesn't mind being a star of the movie, but that's also a limitation because if you're not big enough to star in a movie, you don't get the role. I'm sure mm-hmm. he'd love to be a character actor who can also do a spin kick. You know, I, yeah. I honestly kind of think, wouldn't that be the perfect place to be as a as an actor in today's Hollywood? Like Hey, I could do a weird character. Also, I could do a backflip. How's that sound? <laughs> also, I don't mind kicking a lot. Yeah, real I'll, high. I'll do all the kicks, and I'll also chew the scenery as a weird <laughs> German gangster. Like that whole sequence was like to me a lot of fun. Um, you know, I, again, I, but I do want to highlight that that uh, the point of these movies is that they're ridiculous. The, the idea that when it came out, and all whenever these movies come out, there's someone going, "This isn't real. This isn't how this would really go." Get the fuck out. That's not the point, <laughs> Get man. all the way fucked. Yeah. It's clearly, the, the question is, was it cool and crazy to watch? We all know the first time Keanu Reeves falls down those steps at the end of the movie, 
that's it. He breaks his neck. He's dead. There's no yeah. way. I, no way he's coming back and fighting. He falls down those steps five different fucking times. Dude. And you're like, good Just Jesus. the fact that he, I don't think I'd be able to make it to the top of those steps without fighting assassins. Yeah. Just walking. Exactly. I'd need a Gatorade, exactly. maybe a Newport 100, you know, a beta blocker, a bowl of Cheerios. And a nap. You know what I mean? Like you're like, I'm not no doing way. this. I need some fiber. I need some <laughs> I need energy. Some, I need carbs. Yeah. And John Wick goes up there multiple times with fighting with guns and all that. Jesus. That's good cardio. Good cardio. But um, I think I think too, like, I want to acknowledge something because when that first John Wick movie came out, I really loved it. But I, I really liked to push people's buttons where it's like you know, he murders a lot of Russian people just for the sake of that one dog, right? Like, uh-huh. that was like a fun joke to make. And people got really mad. Sometimes I make jokes, Josh, and people don't like the jokes that I make. They get really <laughs> weird. Go they on. get really mad at me. And I don't know <laughs> sometimes that they're going to get that mad. Like, some things I say, I know people get mad. But there are definitely things I've dunked on. I think you remember, like, a little while ago, I dunked on soft shirts. I don't really like soft shirts. I think right, they fit. Right, right. I think they fit me weird. And so I sort of <laughs> suggested that if you like soft shirts, maybe there's something wrong with you. And I thought that was pretty clearly a joke. And people, most people got that it was a joke. But there are people who got a little mad or a little salty, a little pushback on that one. <laughs> uh, and that happens sometimes. I make fun of something and then people get real like, well, and I was not, I'm not expecting it ever. I'm not, I almost never want to pick a real fight. You know what I mean? Right. I right, almost right. always am just joking around and I don't really want anyone to get mad at me unless they're going to get pretend mad and we're going to have a pretend argument about it. Right. Right. That's right, fine. Right. But if they're really going to be like salty, then I'm kind of like, yo, chill out. So one of the things that happened was I said, you know, when two was coming out, I remember saying something along the lines of like, that's a lot of dead Russians just for one dog. And people were getting real worked up about it. Um, (laughs) But what was funny at the time is I think they were getting worked up in the wrong direction because what they were saying was, look, 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 it's not the dog. Right. It's that the dog represents his connection to his wife. And so he has to do all this to sort of avenge her memory, which is actually now that we've seen the movie all the way through uh, the movies all the way through, I think. Not the message of the fucking movie. The message is he just the the way he got out of being a murderer was more murder. And so it only (laughs) took a little bit of pushing for him to go back to murdering, because the reality is you can't just dig yourself out of a hole by digging deeper into the hole. And I think I think the movie is really clear that, like, yeah, it's amazing that he's so good at killing people. That's not a good skill to have. Like John yeah. doesn't feel like the best person in the world because he can spin a car around and shoot all these people. In a sense, it's more like him saying, why do all of you want to be good at this shitty thing? Why does everybody <laughs> in the world want to be better than me at murdering people? Because I'm probably the best and it's not cool. It's not <laughs> awesome. I have to face one of the few friends I have in the world in a fucking duel because I'm a murder guy. And that's that's what my life is, is that's violence. That's the life. And I think the movies always, I think, tried to walk that line. And you could argue whether it works philosophically or not, but I don't really care that much about it to have that argument. But I do think the the message of the movie has always been clear that, like, this life that he leads sucks. And yeah. he doesn't want it. And you know what? If the table went away, things would be easier for all these criminals. It wouldn't be that much easier, though, because they'd still just try to kill each other. Like, I think that's the thing. I want the table to fall because the table has no right to rule these people's lives. Like, fuck the table. Right. On the other hand, the criminal world is going to become a, a world of hugs and love just because the table falls, right? Yeah. Like, we all know it's going to suck. Yeah. yeah, it's still going to suck. So, like, I, I do think, like, as much as I would love to see a narrative not with Keanu Reeves, but someone else just about the table being overthrown in John Wick's memory, 
that sounds like a fun idea. Maybe that's what John Wick Five is going to be, and I I could be on board with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, thematically, it might suck as a movie, but thematically, it makes sense to me. Uh, I don't need it though because I think the ultimate message of the movie is all the people of this world don't want to be in this world. They all got in it because they thought it would be awesome, and they and had it's to. Not they awesome had to, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah they yeah. thought it was part of what they had to do. They they felt like there was no other choices for them. I even think the ending it doesn't get heavy handed, but there is a suggestion that maybe this hunter dude is going to think about his life after this because he's like just getting into this shit. Yeah, and maybe he watches all this stuff and goes, "This is bad. This is bad. I don't want to do this." <laughs> I would hope maybe not. Maybe he gets inspired to become the next John Wick. I don't fucking know. But uh, but it, you know it doesn't it doesn't really matter. The movie doesn't need to be philosophically or ethically consistent for it to be awesome it's fucking awesome that's just what it is but i do think the fact that when i made this joke people were (laughs) most offended at the idea of like no like all those russians have to die because of his wife and i was like "Uh, his wife didn't want him to go back to killing people like we all doesn't make it better yeah yeah yeah, his wife the last thing she wanted in the world was for him to do what he does in these movies he's literally not doing what his wife wants like you know what i mean like the (laughs) idea that this is all for her isn't real because that's not what she wanted. You can't be like, it would literally be like, you know, I'm so sad about the death of Martin Luther King that now I'm going to go enslave a bunch of people. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) kill a bunch of abolitionists. Yeah. He, he literally does the exact opposite of what she would have wanted for him. You know? So I just think like, that's not really what the movie's about per se. That being said, yes, I know it's not, it's not just about the dog. Though I do think there are people who love dogs so much that they were like, yeah, I'd kill every, everyone. I'd kill all <laughs> every Russian, for a dog. all of them. That's fine. It's fine. <laughs> uh, but it's, I mean, let's, let's, uh, okay. So I think it's pretty clear. This movie's awesome. I love if I'm assuming people listening have seen it. Uh, Cause we've sp- spoiled parts of it though. Not everything. There's still a lot of surprises. We're not yeah. you know putting out there. Um, did I you love stay the for the tag on scene? I did. I did. What? Wait. I think I did. What was the tag on scene? He, uh, Donnie Yen, goes back to the square to see his daughter playing the violin, and as he's walking over to her, you see the daughter of um of the dude who died at the Continental, uh-huh. at the Osaka Continental. She's walking up on him with a hood up and a knife. Oh no, I did not see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it goes black. So I don't know. Okay. Okay. So the there's there's some threads there that they, maybe they could pursue in the future. I don't fucking know, but uh, still, I don't know that there needs to be a fifth one. Anyways, um, I mean, I'm also still in on this ballerina spinoff that's supposed uh, to be happening with Angelica Houston. Yes. That sounds and awesome. With Charon, who died and then died. How about that? Yeah, that's a weird thing. And um, by the way, that's a real bummer. I love that. I love that actor. I also people talked about this a little bit when he passed away, but like, I want to lift up also his voice work. He does some really incredible voice work, which is to say he doesn't do great work as an actor too. But I think some people who are less watching animation the way I am know that he's done some really great stuff and Mm. done some very current stuff. Like he was, I'm pretty sure he's the voice of the dragon on the latest season of Vox Machina. So, you know, it's like, he's very much a part of things that are happening, including, like you said, this spinoff John Wick show was supposed to happen. Did they hmm. film it already? Or I don't know. I have no idea. I'm assuming. I don't think they did. So I think that means it's it's off the table now. But that's just kind of sad. I mean, he was relatively young, and we still don't know exactly what happened, which usually means it wasn't good. So this makes me sad. That whole thing makes me sad. But um, yeah. Anyways, all I wanted to wrap up and say: great surprises in the movie, amazing fight scenes, 
Um, I loved the complicated fighting they had to do against the guards and all the armor. Like uh. how they had to keep like shooting them just to get them off their feet and then try to get the gun up under the armor. Under I love that stuff. Dude, yeah. against the drum bit? Holy oh my Moses. gosh, so good. Jesus Christ. I just think, so again, great. while there aren't as many surprises or interesting tidbits in the plot as I've liked in the other movies, I was the movie itself doesn't suffer for that in its entertainment value because I don't know how they do this because it should get repetitive, right? It should get repetitive yeah. and boring, but they keep coming up with new interesting things with the fighting that it stays exciting for me. And I get for some people that kind of choreography doesn't mean anything to you. So this movie's not going to like change that for it's you. It's not going to resonate for you in yeah, that way. But, but for me as a fan of this kind of. Yeah. Very for us who enjoy these technical action films. It fucking kills, man. And it's beyond a lot of shit that I've seen in other movies. And I just think like, I hope this sets the bar that much higher for a lot of American action. I, I think it already does for other areas. And I've seen some amazing stuff out of Asia more recently. That's really great. Not just mm. Hong Kong, but like. Indonesia and uh, even from uh, uh, Thailand and the Philippines, like there's just other stuff being shot. Now, some of those were American co-productions, so maybe that's why they have the money to do them. But still, like there's some there's there's stuff coming out that's, I think, comparable in style and fun to John Wick. But I just think John Wick for an American action movie is so far fucking beyond these other American films. Would you say it's the greatest American action movie of all time? I don't know. I well. I don't know if I would say that I would lean towards. Yes, honestly, I'm yeah. leaning towards. Yes. I don't know that that's true because there are other things that other movies excel at that. Maybe John wick, no one in installment of John wick is perfect at, you know, mm-hmm. uh, though I do think that first one. So this fourth one, definitely when it comes just to the action choreography, yeah, the stunts, the, the fighting, the sequences, all that is beyond anything. I think I've seen in American film. Yeah. However, if you take the whole picture, I think the best option is still the first movie just because it's such a complete sort of thing, you know, and I think uh-huh. it kind of stands on its own in a lot of ways. I think it might be better than a lot of other American action films, but I don't want to just say like absolutely yes, because there's two things that I, I, I may not be considering. One is um, some American action films I might put a little bit higher because of the plot and characterization are a little bit more than John Wick, the original one, you know, which mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's true. I'm just saying that's a possibility. So I'm going to hold that up. The other is life threatening action sequences, which I'm not saying a movie needs that, but like some of these seventies action movies that are, you know, not as good fighting wise have some sequences that are just unbelievable, just mind blowing explosions and shit. So it might be worth like holding back a little bit, but on first, Blanche, I'm leaning towards John Wick, not just the first movie or this last movie, but as a series yeah. is beyond anything else going on in American action. That's how it feels to me. Other people might disagree, but I just I can't think of anything. I can't think of, my of head any that property that I would even hold up to this other than maybe The Matrix. And that was all CG and was ruined by episodes three and four or whatever. Four, I forget which the last couple. But outside of that, I can't even think of another action franchise that has this well choreographed fighting in it. And, and, and like I said, and other kinds of stunts as well, you know, if it was just fighting, I could see some people feeling like that wasn't enough for them, but there's explosions, there's car wrecks, there's chases, just like an overhead shot as he's running through that flamethrower gun. Well, yeah, and exactly the camera work helps like that, that whole house sequence was unbelievable. 
like there's just so many um interesting and creative ways to film it and to present it and again i get that it, if you're not a fan of this kind of cinema it, it, it could get tiring but i was on board man the whole time my, uh, yeah. my I, I just was blown away by some of the stuff and there were still things where i thought fuck i didn't see that or i i can't believe they pulled that off or you know whatever it is you know? i was surprised that the dog that was with the hunter had nothing to do with halle berry i was like for sure i was like is halle berry in this movie is he halle berry's son because the dog looked like the two dogs that she had in episode three and um but yeah, wasn't different dog, different dog. Well, and I really, and then, th- I really thought that he was going to kill that guy and then the dog was just going to go with him. So I really liked that that wasn't the case, that instead yeah. it was a whole other thing. And that the guy ends up on his side because he spares the dog. He like saves the dog's life. And I love that. I love that sort of loyalty aspect to it. Like, I just think all those little tidbits really form together to for something that's like super endearing it's just a fun fucking movie man and yeah, like man. it we said this but i just want to explicitly say it. i don't i, I want to know your thoughts but for me um like i said i don't think any one of these movies is a perfect movie i do think as a complete series now that uh, this is in theory done and you know we don't know if there's going to be a five or not for sure yet mm-hmm. but let's assume that it's just these four movies this might be the perfect franchise in the sense of like it's a full four movies and all four movies are fun and they work together. None of them conflict with each other. There's no clashes of themes or ideas. Yeah, there's They're, no retconning or resurrection of dead characters for right. fan fan service, you know? It all makes sense. It completes a lot of the ideas. There is still some mystery there. I'd love to see more stuff with Lawrence Fishburne. I'd love to see more stuff with this hunter character to a certain extent, but I don't need it. Like I do think it's like complete as it is. And I don't know that I can say that I find any other franchise as completely satisfying, even if individual parts of that, like, you know, nothing in John wick for me compares to the impact that empire strikes back had on me as a kid. Right. Like that was a big fucking deal, but you know, I don't even love all three of the original star Wars movies the way I love all four John wick movies, you know, it's just not a fair comparison in that sense. And like that goes for, I think every other franchise I can think of that just John wick is so complete and so perfect. Uh, even if each individual film isn't like, doesn't have parts that I think are, you know, a little loosey goosey here and there as a whole story. I just fucking love it, man. And I just, think yeah. I'm so happy that they were able to pull this off for four films over a decade, right? Like it's been yeah. almost a decade since the first movie came out. How is it still so good? Yeah. It would be so How's easy it still to fuck fresh this is the thing. How is it yes, still compelling yes, yes. to the point where I'm like, oh my God, two and a half hours is not long enough for this movie. You know what I mean? Like, that's not true. But still, like, I, it still has me wrapped from, dude, there wasn't even a title drop in this movie till the end. I know. I know. It's such a, there's a certain, I, I, there's a certain like um, confidence to this movie too. It, it, yeah. Of all the movies, this is the one that could do the most kind of fan service, you know, and the uh-huh, most kind of uh-huh. like whatever. But there's a it just feels like there's a confidence in me. It's like we know what the fuck we're doing, you know? Yeah. And you're going to get John as he is, which is he's very a, a very effective killer. He's not a fucking hero. He he's does a have a conflicted person he, yeah, with a moral compass. He does compass. have a moral compass, but also yeah. he's not perfect, you know? And what he's doing is like, you know, uh, he's making the best of the situation he's in. And I think he ultimately succeeds in that and it's very satisfying but i do think like the movie is not trying to give you a fucking captain america here you know no it's not it's not and that's what makes it good it's like so humanly flawed dude there are parts 
when uh what's the name of the concierge or the um the manager from the new york continental um the the, the guy that's yeah uh, no i know what you're talking about i forget the character's name though, other than um manager. hold on i'll look it up i had it up a second it is uh well so the actor's name is ian mcshane his ian. name is winston winston just the part at the end when they're talking about when um Clancy Brown's talking about how all this is John Wick's fault. And he's like, I shot him. <laughs> it's so good that there are just lines in there that are like real small like that. That just bring me such joy. I agree. I agree. And there's some, and they're peppered throughout the entire franchise. Like there's the one scene where, um, where Angelica Houston's talking to him when he goes to the Russian place, the ballerina place. And she's like, all of this for a dog. And then there's another part where uh, one dude's talking about his dog and all that. And John Wick is like, I get it. It's so funny. Like there are all those like tiny little things that are just callbacks to other parts of the franchise that are effective as jokes. And they just slip them right in there. And it's so masterfully like inserted that it's, it's just genius. It's so fun. And God damn it. That's what I needed. I needed just a fun movie with a lot of ass kickery to start this weekend off. And that's what I got. I agree. Yeah. That's how it felt to me as well. And, um, and I think that the, the fact that I had any complaint at all is only in comparison to the other three John Wick movies, right? <laughs> if this was just its own movie, I would just be like, Oh, it's great. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a little light on story, but you know, it's, it's an awesome movie. It's only light on story though, compared to the other three movies, which again are not the deepest movies, but managed to just put just enough of that flavor in there where you're like, it's not just that I want to see John Wick kick ass. I want to know what's going to happen. I'm so wrapped yeah. up in this shit. Whereas in this, there's a little bit less of that, but not enough to make it bad at all. Yeah. And honestly, if it means we're going to get some of the sequences in this, which I think are so next level amazing, then it's yeah. kind of worth it to me. Yeah, man, dude, I'm telling you, like the, the storyline and the narrative of these movies is kind of like my attitude towards cilantro and a delicious banh mi. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, 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 a yeah. little too much might be terrible, you know, but just enough to give that flavor in there. Yeah, I it's agree. the I most important that. component of the sandwich. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh man, it's masterful. God damn, I love this movie. Well, I think we spent enough time jerking off over trying like four. <laughs> I gotta see it again. I gotta see it again. I mean, I I don't I think people won't be surprised, right? That like Yes, we like art. Yes, we like non-narrative cinema. Yes, we're fucking weird elitists who inject philosophy into our discussions <laughs> of movies. All that shit is true about us. But if anyone wants to accuse us of not liking a good spectacle, you can fuck right off. Because you can get we fucked. Sorry. love a good spectacle. I would prefer <laughs> a spectacle like this that feels like it's not a total fucking toxic masculinity fest you know that uh, is a bit toxic i think that's kind of what the movie's about and uh and i don't think it's like it, there's nothing here to be like oh no it's like american propaganda or some shit like that and i yeah. love that i love that we got an action movie that isn't about killing terrorists or some weird shit <laughs> yeah you know? or, so, yeah no it's I just love that I so love yeah, it's great. It's great. It's great. It's great. It's great. Everyone should go see it. Um, and let us know what you think. Hit us yeah, up please. on the socials at Cinepunks, both on Instagram and on Twitter. Hit us up if, hit if up you Facebook. are someone who is interested in Discord. We have a Discord server. I would love more people to be in there and have even more discussion. If you're interested in that, hit us up. We'd love to give you the link. Uh, and, you know, I think it's far enough away, but we know we're doing it, that we could say our next episode, we have a guest, uh, Mr. 
Mike Paulshock of the band Webbed Wing, um, the uh, Wine and Cheese podcast. Um, and just being awesome. Yeah, just one of my favorite people ever. Uh, so, yeah, that's going to be really great. We're talking about uh, Greg Araki movies, although I forget which one we're doing. Do you remember well, which one we're doing? Nowhere, uh, maybe? Or Friendship and Nowhere, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're only going to do one of them, but I forget which one we're doing. But anyways, watch them both. That way you'll be ready for whichever one we do. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, that's it. Episode 171. It's a wrap. Thanks for listening. As always, rate, review, and subscribe. And um, yeah, man, engage us. We want to talk to you. We want to know what totally. you think. If you think that we're full of shit and you think that John Wick is fucking terrible news, whatever, holla at your boys, man. Let us know. Be like, yo, you guys are idiots. And then we'll talk about it because we love that kind of shit. Yeah. So uh, again, uh, thanks for listening. And we will talk to you a little bit later. Smoke bomb. Do you like spooky movies? Hair raising tales. Insightful criticism. Judgmental hot takes. Then you're gonna love Car Business, the horror podcast on the Cinepunks Podcast Network, dedicated to all things weird and spooky. My name is Leo Donald, and I'm Justin Lore. And every episode, we're gonna tear apart your favorite and not so favorite horror movies to get to the bottom of what makes these movies great, or maybe not great. <laughs> Whether it's The Beyond, Prince of Darkness, or Inseminoid, we dive in on a double feature every episode, and then we talk about it. Some of our insights are great, and sometimes we just complain. So if we have to suffer through it, so do you. Horror Business, available anywhere you find fine podcast products.